Canucks Central Friday. It is Josh Elliott Wolf, Israel Fair, filling in for Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Uh, Satyar Shah, big all-star skills guy, so he took today off. That's that's right. He needed to focus and lock in. Uh, <laughs> it is Canucks Central today on the show. Yannick Hansen, as always, going to join us. Also, we'll get into the mailbag. Uh, by the way, Canuck Central is for Enzyme Pacific, Vancouver's premier Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, and Jeep Superstore on 2nd Avenue between Canby and Maine or at EnzymePacificChrysler.ca. And we are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, uh, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google, Google reviews, sore feet, what are you waiting for? And as always, you can text in 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text line. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Izzy, how are you? Good to be here, man. Let's close out this week. Yeah, I feel like last time we hosted together was the Bohorvet. I believe so, yeah. So one year ago-ish. And now we're back. This is our week. <laughs> this is well. This is your week. It feels like every time you're hosting, it's uh, the Canucks are making a big trade. So next year during All Star break, Cam will bring you back, and they'll trade for someone we don't know yet. Maybe they'll yeah, or maybe, or, or, or they'll trade someone away. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe Petey's Petey's getting traded. <laughs> oh, man. Tough, tough. Um, but so a lot of news today. Thankfully, on a Friday, All Stars. All-Star Game Skills Competition is going on as the show goes on, by the way. I Maybe we'll keep you up to date. I'm not really sure how to keep people up to date on Skills Competition. If a Canuck does something noteworthy, we'll mention it, I guess. Yeah, there's a few of them in this. Uh, the pre-game talk on, on the Skills Comp is that it's it's serious. There's no skits. There's no shenanigans. No, so we don't really know what to expect here. But uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll 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 have our eyes on the TV here to see if there's anything worthwhile to to report. If someone gets injured, we will let you know. Um, would that be would they cancel the skills competition forever if someone got injured doing Ooh. this? Because that's what I feel like. That's what happened with Super Skills for the Canucks. Didn't Jacob Markstrom get right? Injured? Yeah, and they, yeah. Uh, they were like, hey. We're not doing this ever again. That, yeah, not. that that timeline lines up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's going on. But the bigger news of the day: another trade in the NHL. Sean Monahan going from the Montreal Canadiens to the Winnipeg Jets. The return: a first-round pick and a conditional third, which the condition is if Winnipeg wins the cup, Montreal gets another third-round pick from Montreal side. Um, in terms of rehabilitating rehabilitating an asset and and building someone back up like they they got a first to take on Sean Monahan mm-hmm. from Calgary and now they get a first back for Sean Monahan like this is if you're a rebuilding team this is a uh, about as good as you could do with an asset yeah no doubt you talk about uh you know for years now the the talk around the league has been been about weaponizing cap space and this is one where the Canadians are at a point where they weren't going to be particularly competitive. They got a guy who was in the last stages of a bigger deal. And to their credit, it's not even just a pure, you know, asset management perspective. He came in, uh, if you want to believe the stuff about culture and fit in, like by all accounts, 
that was a big plus for them as well. And then they get him to sign on a smaller deal to then reap the rewards, right? So it's not even, it's if you want to be cynical about it and say, well, what what did they, they really do beyond just acquiring an asset that was declining and, and taking on a, a, a bit of the of the, the, the cap or a bit of the money that the player was owed? They, they did some work in too, you know, credit to Sean Monaghan as well for being part of that. And when he's been healthy for them, has been a, a decently productive player. Clearly, the Jets are, are thinking that, that he's a piece in the middle of their lineup that they're missing, although, and I'm sure we're going to get into it now, uh, I think that earlier this week, uh, if they were power ranking the available centers, the available rentals that were out there, uh, I, I have to imagine that uh, Elias Lindholm was ahead of Sean Monaghan on, on their list. Yeah, and you like you look at the, and we were even talking about it for weeks leading up to, to this week, was... The trade market, especially when you're looking at rental centers, guys who you think would be available, it was very, very thin. Like, you went from Elias Lindholm to guys like Sean Monaghan or Adam Henrique or guys like that where you can convince yourself that, hey, maybe they fit in the top six, but they're probably more middle six guys. Whereas, we've, we've talked about it since the trade happened, the Canucks getting Lindholm, this guy, like, he's having a down year, but he's still legitimately a top six forward. And in terms of the price for Monaghan, like I personally, I didn't want to be the team. Like I, I wouldn't want to be the team that gave up a first round pick for Sean Monaghan. You know, like I, I get it when you're trying to compete, you're the Winnipeg Jets, you're a team that's near the top of the NHL standings, trying to win the Western conference. You kind of just have to bring in whatever guy is available. And Sean Monaghan, he isn't a bad player, but it kind of felt like they were putting Winnipeg was put in a position by the Canucks where they had to go out and make a trade before the next best player was unavailable. Yeah, it does feel that way. And in Winnipeg, when you look at their depth chart, that center spot, similar to, to the Canucks, to be honest. And the Canucks, maybe you could argue, well, if there was the winger available, uh, then and then that made more sense. They could have gone that way. With Winnipeg, the way that they're built at the moment, they they really needed that center. And so they didn't even have the the potential for the versatility that the Canucks did. So when the top option on the board gets picked up by another team, and the price is set for uh, you know like part part of the price in the first rounder, and I'm with you. It it on the surface seems like a, a pretty big cost for a guy that if things even if things go super well is going to be a middle of the lineup kind of player. The positive for Winnipeg is that it's not a big cap charge and they still have room to maybe go get someone else although uh, then you could sit here and say well it'd be nice to still have your first round pick to to go out and, and get that asset so uh, it does feel like in in a lot of ways they they didn't want the market to soften even further go out there get a player who has played in playoff games and has that kind of experience for a team that similarly to the Canucks didn't have tons of expectations heading into this season yeah they they are in a very uniquely kind of similar spot where you, if you looked at the roster like I remember when they signed Shifley and Hellebuck I was one of them where I was one of the people where I was like what are you doing mm -hmm. you're obviously not ready to be a Stanley Cup contender even with these guys and then they went ahead and proved me and a lot of people wrong but both of them they kind of found themselves in positions where maybe they wanted to add sooner than 
anticipated mm-hmm. and that's fine when you find them when you find yourself in that position it's okay to go out and get a guy um the one thing that i i kind of is an underrated part of the Lindholm trade especially but now now with Monahan trade as well is you look at other teams like the Colorado Avalanche who they're also in need of, of a center the Edmonton Oilers they probably aren't as in on trying to find a forward though I think they would like one yeah the yeah defenseman is probably still their main priority but what you do when you get ahead of the market like this for um, both Vancouver and Winnipeg is you take those options away from the teams you're competing with and I, I think that's a pretty underrated part of this uh these deals yeah if that's like what you know uh the, the price on on the trade ends up getting bumped up a little bit I don't think we I, I think it's a great point, Josh, because you can't overlook that this year there aren't necessarily clear cut favorites. A lot of people on Edmonton, you look at a lot of the betting odds and whatnot, and they, they've really reestablished themselves near the top. Mm-hmm. But we're still talking about a team that had a terrible start to the season. They have certainly still have some questions, regardless of how well they've played here over the last six weeks. Vegas they get the benefit of the doubt coming off of last year uh, and and the idea that once they get into the playoffs, their sort of up and down nature this season won't be quite as dangerous. And then mm-hmm. like you mentioned Colorado, that's a team that everyone looks at and goes, we know what their high end is, but they have been lacking that second center since, since Kadri left after the cup win that that is an identifiable hole on their team. And with all of these teams really looking for similar pieces for a rental, so it's not like the player that's being acquired is going to necessarily change the long-term view for these teams. It's probably worth getting ahead of the competition and taking that player away from them because now all of a sudden they're probably going to have to pay some enhanced assets for a player that's not going to have the same kind of impact. And, and the other part of that is, hey, you can look at like the price the Canucks paid for Lindholm. It set the market, and then... The Winnipeg Jets, they have to pay a first-round pick for Sean Monaghan. That had been reported as well, as that was the Canadians' ask. But now it feels like, hey, if you're going to go out and try to find the next guy, that price is going to be inflated as well because teams know that, hey, your options are limited now. The two best center options that we know of, and hey, maybe, maybe there are guys who we don't expect to be available that become available. But yeah, the, the market is going to be inflated as well around the league and it definitely seems like a more of a seller's market and that will only get more um, emphasized if the penguins especially with jake Ansel, if they yeah consider themselves a team that could still make a push for the playoffs i have my doubts about that but i don't know when you when you have Sidney crosby and we kind of heard brian burke talk about it a lot is it's it's hard to say hey we're taking a step back this year yeah, right. as long as you're within the realm of competitive, hey, you can maybe make the playoffs, and then hey, who knows what'll happen? Yeah, I mean, it, we saw it a little bit uh, with Washington last year, where they have tried to straddle this line with Alex Ovechkin and what that future is going to look like, and they they kind of made trades on both sides, where they brought in some future assets and then they brought in some players that could play for them right away. But that's that's the thing that's holding things up in Pittsburgh is that. It's it's just a tough sell to a guy that very clearly has been informed that they're they're not going in that direction. And even if this season it makes sense to try to pick up some assets, I'm sure that that message has to be massaged 
from by management to someone like Sidney Crosby that hey, don't look at this this move in a vacuum. Like th- we're not going in this direction necessarily. It's just that this opportunity presented itself. You know, Edmonton would be a real dangerous spot for for a guy yeah. like Jake Gensel. That would be scary. Yeah, and but they it's not like they've got a ton of assets. We're expecting them to probably move there first. That now that Winnipeg's moved the first, Vancouver's moved the first. You're you're looking at Edmonton being pretty comfortable doing that, and I guess then it would depend that. Do the Penguins think that Philip Broberg's the kind of player that they like? Dylan Holloway, those are the two guys at the top of the list. But mm-hmm. the other aspect, and this is a little different than what we saw at the deadline last year, where a lot of people were also saying this is a this is a seller's market. A lot of these players, even Lindholm, not the biggest cap hit. So like when Patrick Kane's getting traded, there's a lot more considerations at the end the last the last year of a huge contract. Mm-hmm. There are there are some more pieces that you have to to move around. Whereas at least, like I said, with Winnipeg and Monaghan, you don't have to move very, you don't have to do anything on your roster to get him in. Even if he's your 3C, I am sure they feel that's a worthwhile addition. Yeah, it, it costs them their first and long term. That's an asset that you'd love to have. But within the context of this season, not having a player or having a player that you think can make an impact and come in on a low cap dollar where you still have some flexibility, that's also part of the value. Mm-hmm. It is Canuck Central. Josh Elliott Wolf is real fair filling in uh, today. And one other big move of note Todd McClellan out as head coach for the LA Kings. Uh, as most people know by now, the Kings have been stumbling in the last month and a bit find themselves in the first wild card kind of on the outside looking in of those top three Pacific division spots. It would be pretty difficult for them to, with how the Canucks have been playing, the Golden Knights are still the Golden Knights and the Oilers have obviously been on fire. It's very difficult to see LA finding their way back into the playoff race, but, or sorry, into the Pacific into division divi- spots. Yeah. yeah. Into division spots. They're still probably pretty clearly a, a playoff team, but um, do you think this was justified? Is this the the right move for LA? It seemed like they were headed in this direction. Um, and LA is is a fascinating team to me because we're not that far removed from them being a team that had the, the best prospect pool and all of the assets. And how quickly, if you can't make that jump from team on the rise to elite team, that the problems start to arise. They've been they've been outside of this stretch here. A, a good team, right? There's, they made the playoffs the last couple of years. They started this season quite well. But all of a sudden, if you can't take that next step, it's it's going to cost people jobs, and it's going to put, an I think, some pressure on, on the players there as well. Uh, not the veteran players necessarily, but but those younger players that were supposed to be the ones that, that brought them back to a place where uh, they, they could compete for for the Stanley Cup. They were they were for a lot of people a dark horse team this year, mm-hmm. right? That there was an expectation that they could. Hey, they've done. They made the playoffs twice. This is the year that they take that step. When you don't take that step, uh, usually the coach is the one to go. And I know a lot of people in LA are looking at PL Dubois as, as being uh, the big offseason acquisition for them. That that hasn't necessarily worked out. It, it hasn't been a, a great year for him. But just looking at the West, they should still end up in the playoffs as one of the wild cards and if they can if they can put themselves in a position where they're playing closer to what they did at the beginning of the season 
I don't imagine that the teams uh, that end up first in the in the divisions will be exactly fired up to see them. Although I, I, I do think that we've seen enough holes in their game this year to think that um, that those teams should should still be favored. And it does feel like they're they're just kind of when, when you're a team like that who had those expectations, like you mentioned, and you're in this rut. The the clear option is always just to to fire the coach, and that's what they did here. I I wonder how big of a new coach bump they're gonna get because we've seen Edmonton get it, um, and, and maybe this is a well timed new coach bump for LA, and they kind of ride it into the playoffs. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that and see who they bring in as well. Later in the show, we'll get into uh, some of Gary Bettman's comments today. He spoke to the media uh, about Olympic participation. NHLers will be there in 2026 and 2030. Uh, also some expansion talk and more, plus some reports coming out about uh, the rumored price for Chris Tanev and doesn't make sense for the Canucks. We'll get into that as the show goes on, but on the other side, it is Yannick Hansen joining joining Canucks Central. Also, the iconic Poor's Light Chill Train is heading to Las Vegas for the big game. And it just made a stop in Vancouver, leaving behind a trail of epic prizes. On February 1st and 2nd, that's today, from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., look for its frozen tracks at Robson Square for a chance to win instant prizes that deliver big game day chill or the ultimate grand prize, a trip to next year's big game event. Learn more at CoorsLight.ca slash The Chill Train. It is Canuck Central, Josh Elliott Wolf, Israel Fair on Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to Canuck Central. Josh Elliott Wolf, Israel Fair, here with you today. Going to be joined by Yannick Hansen in a moment. Uh, Canuck Central is for Enzyme Pacific, Vancouver's premier Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, and Jeep Superstore on 2nd Avenue between Canby and Main or at EnzymePacificChrysler.ca. And this analyst is brought to you by the Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you and we go to the dispatch plumbing heating and air conditioning hotline it is yannick hansen yannick you can't get away from me this week how's it going no that was also quite a mouthful there the introduction <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe oh, we can shorten it just a little bit i wish, uh, no, I, wish. I know i know it's all good it's all good every time i sit and wait for it it's like <laughs> uh, it's a lot of mumble jumble you guys gotta get out before we can get going but okay go ahead okay awesome uh First off, are you are you a big All Star Skills guy? Like, are you watching this, or is it uh, not on your radar at all? No, it's uh, it was a week when you played. Like, it was nice you could get away, but like now when you're you're a fan, it it's just like I want the games. I'd rather watch the Canucks play. I rather oh, I rather watch Lindholm step into the lineup. I'd rather see that shape out. It's uh, it's great for the fans to connect with all the stars in the city. It's happening in. Um, and to kind of, but it, but again, it is like this one might be a little bit different because of the the prize pool, and and now that there is actually something the players can chase, you might see a little bit of a different approach to it. Um, but but no, it, it does not rank very high on my radar. Even if you're you're not locked into to what's going on with with the skills, is there is there a particular one of the challenges, obviously the Canucks used to, to do the, the skills competition for the team as well. Is there one that you find the most impressive? Is it the fastest, the, the hardest shot, the, the fastest skater, some of the accuracy stuff? Wh- which one is, is the, the toughest, do you think? 
Um, the toughest one, probably the accuracy, um, or the one where you got to skate through the pylons. But but the mo- the ones that are, but those two are kind of like everybody can win them and everybody can lose it because it's right. a little bit lucky. Do, do you nick it? Do you get it? Um, where where the hard, hardest shot that that's most likely the guy who shoots the hardest. And the same thing with with the fastest skater. There you can't can't tiptoe around those two events. Those are those are almost black and white um, in terms of of the players that are that are competing in those. So those are the only two that that draws a little bit of interest, if you will. Uh, so on to the Canucks. Big news of the week: Lindholm in, Andre Kuzmenko out. What do you think of uh, that trade and Elias Lindholm's fit in Vancouver? Yeah, Lindholm fills, fits a lot of bills. Um, he will obviously come in on, on that number one power play, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, wherever they're going to find a spot for him, I'm not sure. Um, but but he should slide in there right away. He's a right-handed center. Um, good defensively, can kill penalties. Uh, he, he's going to eat up a lot of minutes. Uh, it's another safety valve, if you will, say, uh, the... the, the one one of the top two centers go down. Now you're not limited in the same way. Um, so so he he checks a lot of boxes for the Canucks. And again, going out and getting him this early means he'll have time to gel. Where if you were to come at the deadline, uh, you have what four four or five weeks maybe to get going before playoff hits. Now he's got double that. So again, it's it's good to get it done. Get him in. Get him situated. Get him into an apartment instead of staying at a hotel. Uh, maybe get his family. I don't know his his personal situation, but again, getting the family in so they feel like they're they're settled and stuff like that, and then players tend to to perform a little bit better. Um, but again, back to just what we're going to get on the ice. Again, it's it's one of those two. He was obviously mentioned a lot. Genfel was mentioned a lot, mm-hmm. and being able to land one of these two guys. Um, without having to sell the entire farm uh, is, is is a positive, that's for sure. The circumstances for this one are, are a bit funny, seeing as he was going to the All-Star game. He he heads there uh, and joins a bunch of Canucks, and so I guess they've, they've got a few days here, the, the guys that are there in Toronto, to, to spend a little time with them, get to know him a little bit better. But what do you think uh, that the move means to the guys in that room, that they, the team went out and got – maybe the the top player on the market uh, for, I guess, rewarding them for, for the season that they've had to this point. Yeah, you put it in words right there. That, that is exactly what it is. It's, it's management showing the team that, okay, you, uh, you've you earned this. You've shown us that uh, you're, you're for real. Uh, we're we're going to go out and we're going to spend. We're going to spend some of this stuff that, that we're normally very reluctant to when we talk about rebuild, retools uh, a couple of years down the line. Um, but but you guys have earned this, and now we're gonna go see if if we can make this this team better. And instantly you did. Um, again, he's had a down down year, if you will. But it, it's more, it's not more than a year and a half ago he he was centering um, one of the best lines in the in the NHL. Um, so so obviously this is a player who can drive, who you can trust on to to deliver as well. So it's. It's definitely showing that the room, the team, that uh, hey, we're uh, we're in it too. Um, now, now don't uh, don't take a step back and, and keep pushing forward here, um, and, and then let's see where this takes us. Because again, there there's still yeah, what is it, four weeks when we come out of this break till till the deadline. And like I said, you didn't sell the farm. Uh, 
Um, so you still have a couple of shots in the barrel if you feel like you want to upgrade around your lineup. Um, so, so again, this is uh, it, it's very exciting, that's for sure. So, yeah, we, we've talked about the fit and uh, Lindholm's fit in the top six. Is there still an area of need you look at on this team as something they, they should maybe address before the deadline here? Uh, yeah, like now, now we're now it's a luxury thing. Like we we knew that top six forward were missing. Now you have legitimate four. Um, the other two is still the big question mark. Um, and when I say question mark, obviously we've been talking about the D's as well. But it's granted everybody is healthy. We have six D where I don't want anybody any of them sitting in the press box. If they're healthy, I want those six playing. Um, so you don't necessarily you would like a. Uh, backup in case one of them goes down, um, but but I can I can live with it. Where if you find a way to add another top six winger into this mix, um, now all of a sudden you have five. Because again, Kuzmenko did go the other way, mm-hmm. and he was a guy we were kind of looking to, hoping for to fill that uh, that top six spot. There, you don't have him anymore. You did get a, a probably a more proven commodity in in Lindholm. Um, but if you find a way to add another top six winger into this mix, uh, now you're really putting players in their proper positions, if you will. You're not looking to bring up two bottom six, middle six wingers to fill into a top six scoring role. Um, no, they're they're playing in, in positions where they can where they can succeed. Uh, on the blue line, the Chris Tanev's name came up in relation to the last trade with Calgary, it appears that that may be a conversation that that continues in in bringing him back to Vancouver. Uh, The one thing that gets pointed out was that that would be nice to to have another right shot. Uh, In the playoffs, it seems like having those kinds of matchups, having the stability, three left shots, three right shots on the blue line, can often make a difference. Do do you see that as something that the, the Canucks should at least consider as they get closer to the deadline? In a perfect world, you want three righties, three lefties. There's no question about that. Um, but again, it comes down to price and, and how are you going to work it out. So far, it seems like every trade they've done in the last year here have, have really worked out and panned out for them. Um, so, so sure, right? why not? Um, again, if you add a Tanev to the mix, um, you have seven uh, legitimate defensemen, NHL defenders. Uh, you probably have three I'd uh, peg in or pencil in as, as top four defensemen and then you have four uh, bottom defensemen if you will but but these guys can swap in and out uh, no problem I'd love to have Susie as uh, your fourth best defenseman if you will and then the other three can do get out for, for the bottom pairing sheltered minutes uh, matchups and all these things and God forbid one of them goes down um, that then you have a replacement for those bottom four Um so, so again, you can never have too many players sitting uh, bodies because it will happen. Injuries do happen. We've seen them. They've been somewhat fortunate this year. But now, by the time Susie comes back, he's been out, what, 15, 20 weeks this season. So injuries will happen. And playoffs, it gets magnified a little bit more. You're a little bit, a little bit more prone. Games are a little bit rougher. Uh, you're blocking more shots. Um, so, uh, again, if you can find a way to, to add, like I mentioned before, um, but again, I'm still looking at at, at a winger, uh, if I'm honest. Um, but again, I, will, I wouldn't say no to Chris Tanev coming back in, in the York. It is the next century.
Shabbat Shalom, Israel, joined by Yannick Hansen. Uh, so back to the Lindholm trade. It was almost on the year anniversary of the Bo Horvat trade. And one thing this management group and this coaching staff has talked about is has been finding puzzle guys, guys that fit what this team is looking for. Is there something that Lindholm brings that maybe suits this team better than uh, what Horvat brought? He's right-handed. Uh, otherwise, I'd... Uh... I put them in the same position. Um, they're, they're centers on this team. They're the third best center. Uh, can play every role, um, every every matchup. Uh, I'd have no qual rolling Lindholm out against uh, Eichel or, or McDavid or Kopitar. You, you name it. Um, so so it's 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 a it's a player that you can rely on, who's played in this league for a long time. Um, so so again, does he work out? Time will tell. Um, but but you're definitely giving yourself the, the best possible options to make it happen. Um, so so he does he fits the bell uh, in those terms. Um, now it's all down to 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 the coaching staff and how do we utilize this? Do we go one two three very 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 good centers um, and then figure out what we do with Bluger and uh, Suter and these guys, or, or do we load one of these centers on a on a wing instead and then load up the top six um uh, as you will but again that's uh, that's in the coaches room now and, and management have given them another tool another way of juking with your lineup they th- say things don't go well for you you can you can switch things up now because you have a lot of options um who are we going to throw on wing is pd going on a wing all of a sudden with, with jt because you're really loading up you have these options now without leaving a, a glaring hole on your second line now at his best, we saw Lindholm be part of uh, one of the top lines in the league, but the, the last couple of years in Calgary have been tough. It seems, at least from the outside, that the environment there on and off the ice hasn't been conducive to, to him and in, in, in his game. Uh, do you imagine that getting that boost coming to a contending team in Vancouver where there are a ton of options for him to play for uh, should or, or could get him closer to the guy that we saw uh, a couple of years before that? Well, in order to get him there, you need him to get him playing with better alignments than he was in, in Calgary. Uh, like you said, he played with, with Kachuk and Goudreau, and they were formidable. Um, and you have players here that are very good as well. Um, but again, if you go PD, Brock, and JT, um, now you're, you're down to this, this is a defensive line. This is a, more of a matchup line than a, a scoring line. So then you're not going to see the production you saw from him a couple of years ago. Um but again, you, you never know what happens once you step into a new team. But but again, if we're expecting the 80-90 point guy um, stepping in onto the ice here on, in Rogers Arena, well, then, then he's going to need some players to play with as well. Because um, like you said, it was thin on his wings in Calgary after those two left, uh, and his numbers showed from, from that. How beneficial could this move be for for other players on the team too? Because we talked about Lindholm, and he's obviously probably going to be a fit on the Canucks penalty kill as well. Would this free up someone like JT Miller to be spending less time killing penalties in the defensive zone and and free him up to be a bit more offensive minded? You could hope so, um, but but definitely just faceoffs is the, the the number one thing for me. Um, we've seen how many times our guys line up on their offside trying to win the face-off on the penalty kill, and it goes right back, and it goes D-to-D, and it's a one-timer. So the first scoring chance uh, you, you give up on a power play if you lose, when you lose that draw is within the first two seconds. Um, so, so hopefully 
winning more of those than we lose uh, will will help you out in the long run. Um, so, so again, that that's the number one thing. Like, like you said, you always want these uh, right-handed centers that that can take these vital draws. And granted, he loses. It's not that big of a deal because he can penalty kill as well. So it's not like you're throwing a guy out there who's got to win it, and then he's got to get off the ice. No, no, you still have a capable player on the ice. Um, but it's it's not relying on the same same guys taking all of the defensive draws all of a sudden, or on the power play as well. Same thing. Uh, now you have a, a guy who can take him on on your strong side if you're on the right side, and instead of uh, being a little bit at a disadvantage, even on the power play. You mentioned earlier, Yannick, that uh, this might be uh, – it's nice that he's been traded so far ahead of the deadline for some personal reasons. He can maybe get to the city, get settled, uh, have slightly better accommodations or more comfortable accommodations. Uh, when you were traded from, from Vancouver to San Jose, what, what were your memories of, of that time? Yeah, it's uh, mine weren't ideal because, again, I was uh, European going to uh, to the state all of a sudden, so, so I needed uh, – I needed paper, so I was stuck in Vancouver for seven or eight days after I was traded, uh, not being able to to escape practice. Uh, I could get on the ice a little bit with um, Giants and and out at UBC, but but again, it's not the same. So you're waiting and you're you're always on the phone, make sure you're keeping yourself in shape. But yeah, I can't use the facilities anymore, so you're kind of left in limbo. Um, and again, a couple of times at the embassy downtown, trying to to get these visas worked out, so you, so I could get going. Um, so, so it's like I said, this is a little easier. Uh, if he really wanted to, he could drive his car here and have all his things with him. Um, uh, so, so it's a, it's a much smoother ride that way. I, I get it; he's in in Toronto right now, but uh, just in terms of uh, complete uh, culture shock, you know, it's not. It's uh, it's a little warmer out here, but but again, you you're staying in Canada. In terms of on the ice, how long does it take to really fit into you know different systems and and how a different team? wants to play oh how that can take time um again the more the better uh i'd say at least a month maybe even two to get really really settled and where you're not thinking when you're tired so a lot of times it's easy to sit down and get it all drawn out and this is how we play this is where you're supposed to do and yeah fine i i can see that and i can execute that uh when my pulse is sitting at uh a lofty 60 feet per minute but but when it's uh, 180 190 I forget these things, and that's where I rely on instinct, uh, what I'm being used to doing, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where this muscle memory comes in, and repetition, 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 and the more the the better. Practicing games, uh, calls, what are I na- what are what are yelling at my teammates when I want the puck, uh, learning their voices, so it's not even names, it's just little sounds and these things, and it it, it takes time, and all of these things. Um, once you start nailing them down, just translate into you playing quicker, faster, better, being a step ahead and, instead of a step behind. The still a few days before the the Canucks get back to the ice with the the skills tonight and then and the All Star game tomorrow and uh, then practice in in Carolina before they get to ice this new look lineup. When when they do play against the Hurricanes next week, where would you like to see Lindholm start? Uh, in the lineup, it, it's, it doesn't guarantee much. The so lines get, get changed all the time. But where would you like to see him at least get started in, in his Canucks tenure? Um, with Petey. And then I don't know who I want to center, to be honest. But but I'd like him playing there. Um, uh, again, I, I want him getting off 
on a good foot footing here in, in a good way. I, I don't want him going uh, a ton of games where things aren't going his way. So, so again, give him, give him quality, uh, give him quality and, and then see what happens. Uh, that lot of line worked out really well in the beginning. It kind of cooled down a little bit, but, but so like split them up, uh, give him, give him a suite, somebody you can talk to. You probably sit next to him uh, yeah, on the plane and the, when they go, there there's some familiarities there. So, so like let, let them play together, give them a winger um, and, and then figure it out from there, see what you got. Uh, and then once the weeks uh, start progressing, then you can start to, to explore other avenues. Uh, granted, it doesn't work out uh, to a T. Hey, Yannick, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, have a good weekend. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care. Thanks, there, Yannick. There is Yannick Hansen joins Canuck Central every Friday and the People Show every Tuesday. I've talked to him twice this week, so I'm really glad this Lindholm trade happened. Otherwise, <laughs> I would have been like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to ask about. How do you like All-Star games, yeah. Yannick? Yeah, um, you did the, the bi-week content already yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the People so, Show. This was a very well-timed trade. And for it to happen on the Wednesday, too, oh, worked out great. Um but yeah, it, in terms of the last question he kind of answered there about where he fits in this lineup, it, it feels like the obvious spot is basically where Kuzmenko was, right? Mm-hmm. Playing on Pedersen's wing. Hey, maybe maybe Lindholm is the guy taking the faceoffs because he's so good at taking faceoffs, and you let Pedersen – like, there's a lot of different ways you can form that line, but I'm really interested, and I talked about it on the People Show yesterday, but I'm really interested to see how – a Lindholm, Pedersen, Mikheyev line would fare in a matchup role because not only do I think they would be, you know, really, really good in their own end. I think they would also be good on the counterattack and be able to. You'd get more offense from that line as a matchup line than you would just a traditional third line out there to to play defensive minutes line. I think so. I'd like to see it. I, I was definitely on the train of people clamoring to see Pedersen get a little bit more of that load before there was anyone like. Elias Lindholm on the roster, right? Like this is a this is a, a he's a difference maker in that regard. That is a really nice part of this trade. I know a lot of people. Uh, I guess we've got, we've had two days since the trade, and the initial reaction was, uh, I think, surprise to a, a large part of the fan base. And for some people, they went and looked at the numbers and went, "Well, this guy's not been hugely productive." But the the defensive awareness, the defensive play has always been a strength for him he's not a player that is necessarily going to coast on offense of course would you have preferred if he had been producing a little bit more with Calgary the last couple of years I get it but the peak that he had I don't he's not that player he's not the 42 goal scorer every year that was really a great circumstance playing with a couple of guys pretty much at the peak of their powers in Calgary on a team that that was having a lot of success. If you throw that season out and you just look at the rest of his NHL career, it's incredibly solid play. He's still a really good player um, in, in the buildup in, in playmaking Uh, his assist rate has not gone down very much at all. Even with this, this drop off, it's just, he's not getting the goal scoring opportunities that he did playing with, with two guys who, took up a lot of oxygen and, and you know in Goudreau's case is, is an exceptional playmaker yeah and playing with Pedersen it's uh hopefully going to open up those opportunities a lot more in Vancouver it is Canuck Central Josh Elliott Wolf is real fair uh by the way just to keep you up to date on the all-star skills competition they've done the fastest skater Connor McDavid no surprise 
uh, won once again his fifth time winning the event. He beat out Matthew Barzal, who came second. Quinn Hughes beat Kale McCarr by a thousandth of a second. <laughs> Kale McCarr came in at 14.089. Quinn Hughes at 14.088. Uh, so Quinn Hughes gets third. And uh, Willie Nylander in last there. Also, they did the one-timer competition. Pedersen and Miller were factors in that. Pedersen came fourth. Miller, I believe, was uh, sixth. So they're doing like a weird point system for this year's All-Star skills. Can't say I fully understand it, but uh, so far, Quinn Hughes has three points. And Elias Pedersen has two points. Which is okay, I assume. Keep <laughs> we'll, your text. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Keep your text coming in. Six fifty. No shenanigans, Josh. No, no shenanigans. Do you this think that um, uh, Hughes beating out Makar by whatever one tenth of a second is going to be uh, the deciding factor in the Norris? Uh, the Norris be. vote <laughs> should factor in. If it's a tie, <laughs> yeah, if it's a tie. You won the fastest skater. He didn't even win. He just beat Makar, so he gets it. Uh, but keep your text coming in 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. On the other side, it is the mailbag. We'll answer your question, so get any last-minute ones in. It is Canuck Central, Josh Elliott Wolf, Israel Fair on Sportsnet 650.